Hello, I'm Alison Larkin, writer, comedian, narrator, and host of The Jane Austen Podcast. Join me as we embark on a journey through Austen's timeless stories, starting with Pride and Prejudice. The Jane Austen Podcast with Alison Larkin is available wherever you listen to podcasts. Now through June 29th, you can earn up to four times rewards points on your favorite products throughout the store at Safeway. Shop for items like Coca-Cola products, Deer Park Natural Spring Water, Dannon Light and Fit Yogurt, Mott's Original Applesauce, Heinz Ketchup, and McCormick Spices. And earn up to four times bonus reward points to use for discounts on gas or groceries. Visit Safeway.com or download the Safeway For You app to earn your reward points today. Offer valid through June 29th. See store for more details. That was a great dinner. So great. Wait, where'd you park the car? Oh, the one I just sold at Carvana. What? When did you do that? When you were still looking at the menu. I went on Carvana.com and all I had to do was enter the license plate or VIN, answer a few questions, and got a real offer in seconds. They picked up the car already? No, I parked around the corner. But they are picking it up tomorrow and paying me right on the spot. Oh, no wonder you picked up the check. Yeah, about that. Uh, thought we were going halfsies. Sell your car to Carvana. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to get a real offer in seconds. Welcome, everybody, to a brand new episode of The Geek Buddies! Hey! hey! What's going down, everybody? This is a surprise Friday episode. We were... Uh, Shooting the proverbial bleep uh, about uh, what we were gonna what we we're gonna do this week, and then all the CinemaCon stuff kind of popped up. So I told the guys, "Hey, let's wait on the CinemaCon stuff till Friday to see what more drops, uh, and then we'll just a whole uh, recap thing." So yeah, this is a surprise show that we're doing, just talking about some of the big news coming out of CinemaCon, and also some of the stuff that's dropped over the last couple of days that we didn't get a chance to talk about on our main show on Wednesday. Hopefully you all watch that. But uh, yeah, we're going to get into some trailers. We're going to get into some news stories. We're going to get our overall thoughts on stuff that dropped on at, at CinemaCon, like Craven stuff, even some stuff from Martin Scorsese. There's a lot of stuff that dropped here that we're going to touch on. So it's going to be a freewheeling fun episode of, uh, of uh, the Geek Buddies with a little less structure. But let's introduce ourselves. I'm the outlaw, uh, John Roker, writer, producer, and host here on the Geek Buddies. I am Michael Vogel. I'm a writer and producer of animated TV shows and movies, and I'm curious to see what less structure looks like on the Geek Buddies, but we're about to find out. <laughs> and this is Shannon McClung. I'm an animation writer and a television actor where, yeah, I'm, I'm with Vogel here. <laughs> like, the guardrails are off. We never knew they were on. So let's see what happens. Fair enough. And I want to let you guys know I am wearing a hat here, uh, courtesy of the fine folks over at Heroes and Villains. Uh, the Bio World people, they've dropped a Bio World collection here. They sent me some stuff. I'm going to do an unboxing, but I opened it and saw this hat and immediately wanted to wear it. So I will be doing an unboxing later on on social media. But yeah, some Star Wars stuff I, that they sent me is going to be fun. I can't wait to open it and see what's in there. But I wanted to promote it real quick and let you all know. I literally, I literally thought you were just going to say you were wearing, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm wearing a hat. And then I was going to be like, well, I'm wearing shoes. But <laughs> we're just going to go around and talk about what we're wearing right now. I thought Johnny was going full purred happily from Parks and Rec. This is John Roca, and I'm wearing a hat. And I'm wearing a hat. Over to you, Joan. Uh, yeah, so we're, we're gonna, I love purred. Uh, anyway, 
we're gonna get into it all. So let's let's talk about it, guys. CinemaCon, um, a lot of presentations happened. There was a lot that was dropped in terms of films that were announced and uh, presentations that were done here. And uh, I saw a description in one of the reviews where someone said last year, which is the one I went to, was more cheerleading, like, yes, we're coming back to the theaters. And this one, this presentation had a lot more confidence to it, saying to the saying to the fans and the moviegoers, hey, we are back. We are committed to putting films in theaters, and we are confident about yeah. the stuff that we are putting out here. Streaming is no longer a danger to us. We are committed to being back in theaters. Uh, is that what the vibe you guys are getting to? Yeah, it seems, I mean, I, it does seem like, although uh, theaters are not back up to pre-COVID levels as far right. as box office, like right, it's right. definitely on the uptrend. And I think, and I mean, I just remember those days of the pandemic and all of us talking like, oh, are, are people ever going to go to a movie theater again? Or is, it, is this the end of movie theaters? And it was like, no, it's not the end of movie theaters, dum-dum. People like going to the movies and they're going to the movies right now. So, you know, th there was a lot of talk about windowing. Uh, yes. You know, movies coming out like much sooner on streaming than they used to. And is that yeah. good or bad? There was a lot of talk about Apple and Amazon committing to doing more things coming out in theaters and doing a theatrical run first before they're on streaming. But yes. I think I think the long and short of it is even though the pandemic and windowing and streaming and everything has affected the box office yeah. at the end of the day, people really like going to the movies. And I think so. I think that CinemaCon was feeling that uh, that little bit of swagger this year as opposed to last year. Yeah, yeah Shannon, we had presentations from Sony Pictures, from Paramount, from uh, Warner Brothers, Universal Pictures, and a number of other studios as well, mixed in, like as Michael was mentioning, Amazon Studios or Prime Video, whatever you want to say, and, uh, and Apple and others mixed in this year presenting their stuff. There were screenings of The Flash, screenings, I think, of The Boogeyman that was there as well. And so there was a real joy. And then the Transformers stuff that we got as well. There was a big event for Transformers. So there was a lot of footage that was shown, 20 minutes of Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning. So, so much was shown here to kind of get people excited about uh, and get these um, reviewers, but also the theater owners excited about what's coming to their theaters. Yeah, I mean, Tom Cruise was right. <laughs> yeah. like, he held out for years yeah. to release Top Gun Maverick, and you know it 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 came back and came back in spades. I mean, you know, people, as Vogel said, people want to go to the movies, and you know, when you look at how something like Air is doing, yeah, because that's that's from Amazon, and the fact that they did decide to put it out, is it lighting the box office on fire? Is it Marvel? No, of course not. But it's a movie that's kind of made for grownups and yeah. people are going to see it like they are seeing a return on that investment and you hear how like something like napoleon's coming out that's going to be yeah, on apple but right. they're gonna release it first and how you know they you hear the descriptions of those battle scenes now that is meant to that is meant to be seen right. on a big screen so it's really really nice to see especially when you look at again during the pandemic how uh warner brothers and hbo max started doing that day and date release and for yeah. That moment, it was like, oh, thank God, we've got something to watch. But now you hear Zasloff and WB Discovery are like, no, we are committed to this yeah. theatrical, you know, these theatrical presentations. We're going to re release 20 movies a year. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's really, it's really exciting to hear. Yeah. It's so funny because at a time when we're hearing about these layoffs at Disney, Michael, and we're hearing like today, IDW laid off like a, a, like a huge percentage of their staff and we're hearing Yahoo laying people out. We're hearing all these things that are connected or under the umbrellas of these large companies that are also owning film studios. It's kind of interesting to hear that they are more than ever committed 
to doing even more movies and putting out even more content for us to watch as well. Is that a bit of a surprise for you to hear that their commitment to it, considering some of the cuts that are going on at some of these studios? Not really. I mean, yeah. I think that one of the reasons that you're seeing a lot of this happening is we sort of, uh, and, and the animation industry is dealing with this right now too. We're sort of living okay. in this bubble. The streaming, Netflix came along and was this just juggernaut and was making a bajillion shows. Yeah, yeah. And then everyone else was like, we should have streamers because apparently that's where everybody is. And then the pandemic just sort of sped that up. Like everyone's like, oh, everyone's just at home. Let's just streaming, streaming. Let's make all the shows. Let's make right. all the things. We're going to make movies on streaming. We're going to do limited series. We're going to do long form series. And everybody right. was doing all this stuff. And then like at a certain point, you're like, yeah, people aren't going to watch that much. Yeah. There's too much. There's too yeah. much. Like we're doing like, and the streamers aren't the end all be all that everybody was like, the streaming is the future. And you're like, well, it's not exactly the end all be all. It has its place. Streaming is great. I love my streaming services, but it's not the replacement for all things that ever happened in entertainment that people mm -hmm. thought it was. So everything's kind of shrinking right now and people are doing less and less. They're being more choiceful in what they're doing, which to be fair, when you're working in the industry kind of sucks. Like yeah. it's great when everyone's doing a lot more stuff. So it's definitely things are getting a little leaner, but I think the studios are retargeting towards, you look at the success of Super Mario Brothers, you look at Air, Shannon's right. Air is not a movie that's meant to be, yeah. uh, you know, on Avengers Endgame, but I think people are really pleasantly surprised by the number of people that are going to a theater to see Air. Yeah. Even yeah. Uh, when we talked about that Ben Affleck article a few weeks ago, he mm. was surprised that it was gonna get released in theaters. They didn't even think it was gonna be, yeah. and they were gonna put it out, and then like the fact that they were like, let's do a theatrical release. So I think that, what CinemaCon is representing is everybody kind of going, look, maybe we're not going to make a thousand movies and put the thousands of movies everywhere, but we're yeah. going to make these 20 films and we're going to put them in theaters. And maybe some of those movies will be on streaming two weeks later. And right. maybe some of those movies will be on streaming six weeks later and four months later or whatever it is. But I think that they're seeing that even when people know for certain movies, even when people know that they're going to be able to watch it at home soon, yeah, yeah. that going to the box office and that box office money yeah. is still real money. And it's something that everyone's like, oh, maybe we should not leave that all that money on the table. Yeah, certainly this weekend we have Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret coming out and Polite Society, two films that could have easily gone to streaming and nobody would have bat batted an eye. So there are studios still willing to take a chance on these films and see how they do in theaters and make this a bonding experience either for women because these are female-centric type films or bonding experiences for mothers and daughters or, or multiple generations of women in a family to go yeah. and see something like that from Judy Bloom. That's also, yeah, that's very much a positive to see that happening as well. Uh, Shannon, any any thoughts on the layoffs versus how many movies are coming out uh, on that side? No, I mean, the, lay the layoffs suck. I mean, yeah, again. Of course, yeah, yeah. As as Vogel already said, when when there is sort of a refocusing going on, there there's a tendency to kind of pull back. And that, unfortunately for folks like us, you know, that results in less opportunity. And so it's, you know, it's unfortunate because, you know, we all are creative professionals. We all want to work. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's like you kind of have to pull back before you can expand. And hopefully mm. that's what's going to happen is once this refocusing has occurred and they're like, all right, here's what we're going to do here. Here's what we're going to do here. That's when people are willing to make more of an investment, when they are willing to take some more chances. So we're in kind of, you know, we're in a valley right now uh, in terms of like how much is actually going into production. And a lot of that has to do with the uh, strikes if they end up happening. Yep. Um, but Good we point. will yep. be back into a peak. 
Like it's it's cyclical. That's what's going to happen. Yeah, for sure. Well, which seems like you guys are telling me there's time to now spend uh, creating the uh, Geek Buddies animated show, and I'm down with it. I'm absolutely down. With it. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's look at the indifference on Michael's face. That tells me. It's <laughs> anyway, all right. Let's. Uh, I was just trying to think. I was, I was actually just trying to think. Like, what would that be? What? Oh my God! What? Are you kidding? I've already mapped out 22 episodes. But anyway, um, let's uh, <laughs> let's uh, get into some trailers here that dropped. Shannon, do you want to do you want to lead us off as the trailers guy right off the bat? No, oh, I guess I'm going to. <laughs> so we got yeah, some. I'll do it if you want. Yeah. <laughs> trailers, trailers, trailers. <laughs> and we're going to start off with one that was not actually at CinemaCon, but it came out during CinemaCon. And that was our first uh, trailer for Wish, the new yeah. animated film from, from Disney that's going to be coming out. Has stars the voices of Ariana DeBose, Chris Pine, Alan Tudyk. Basically, uh, it's it doesn't give us a ton about what's going on, but basically what happens when people start to get their wishes. I thought this was delightful. I mean, this yeah. definitely harkens back to Disney of old. Like when you think about think about The Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast, like this looks like a musical spectacular and having a performer like Ariana DeBose in the lead makes perfect sense. But gentlemen, I'll throw it over to you. What did we think of our first look at Wish? Uh Here's what I'll say. I, I mean, I like the fact that it's got another like Latino angle to it. I mean, you don't call the guy King Magnifico and not have it have some kind of semblance of even maybe even telenovela esque stuff going call, on. There. We call it that's what we call Roca sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Outlaw Magnifico. <laughs> He's such a ham. Uh, but yes, Ariana DeBose coming in. I mean, you know, this is great. I love Ariana. So. The ascension of, I was watching Hamilton the other day, just for shits and giggles, and I was looking at Ariana DeBose playing one of the, you know, lesser star characters in the role. I'm like, who knew that she was going to explode the way she did? So it's so great to see her here in this role, voicing this over yet another step in the ascension of Ari, Oscar winning Ariana DeBose. But I like the vibe of this one. And as I'm reading this here from uh, Polygon, I didn't know, Michael, this is the blend of elements of watercolor with 3D animation. That's really exciting to see here. And Chris Pine, who I'm a massive fan of being a part of this is so good. And Alan Tudyk's voice is unmistakable the kingdom of rosas i like that as well but yeah not much of the story but certainly the vibe and the feel and the look feels like old school disney that castle on the hill and the magic of all this stuff and seeing where it's going to lead her and how she's going to find her own voice and even a little bit of the little mermaid like you have to give me your wish if you want this thing so uh, it's interesting what do you think mike uh i mean look you show me a trailer for a disney fairy tale musical and i'm already a thousand percent in before the trailer even goes like i it's one of those things like i love i love you know most disney animated features and when you get there's some great non-musical disney movies like yeah. I, big hero six is great wreck it ralph is great i love zootopia but when you give me a movie that gives me the full disney musical experience i get very excited and mm. uh this trailer just like came in swinging with uh with you know ending with that big song with ariana debose singing yeah. i think it's an interesting concept i think that uh it's sort of the origin of the wishing star and everyone oh, from pinocchio to princess right. tiana right has been wishing on stars in disney movies and this is kind of the story that's like hey here's the origin story you never knew you needed but let's talk about where the wishing star came from and that's right. kind of what this is so i think it's a really interesting concept uh, to your point about the visual style, I think it's great. I think you're seeing even Disney animation, which is one of the top uh, 
animation houses that exists yeah. is taking a couple cues from Spider-Verse and uh and expanding on what their house style is. I mean, yeah. Disney has a very specific kind of look to its fairy tale CG movies and and this has a different vibe to it because of the watercolors, because of some of the visual styling. But uh look, like funny talking, sidekick, singing, singing uh heroin, big villain, epic yeah. musical numbers. And if you are an eagle-eyed viewer, all of her friends in that trailer looks like there's about seven of them. Yeah. And if you look at what they're wearing, they seem to pretty strongly resemble another classic seven in, in Disney movies. So I'm not quite sure what that has to do with literally anything. Yeah. But if you look at the one shot of the whole group, I think there's seven of them next to uh, the main character, Ariana DeBose's character's mom. And you're like, well, that looks an awful lot like... <laughs> Doc, happy, sleepy, bashful, grumpy, happy, dopey. 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 I think I got it. Um, and so, nice. I, and I don't know if that's just like one specific thing that's going to be a tie to the other Disney movies, or because this is the origin of the Wishing Star, right. we're going to have some other really fun Disney Easter eggs. But all in all, uh, count me as um, very interested okay. in going to see Disney's Wish. And, and uh, just real quick information on it. It is directed by Frozen's Chris Buck, who's also the executive producer on the film, and Raya and the Last Dragon story artist Vaughn Vera Sunthorn with a script by Disney CCO and Frozen director Jennifer Lee uh, there as well. And uh, it has music by singer-songwriter Julia Michaels, who I've kind of enjoyed every once in a while when, I, when some of her music has popped up in my life. So this is a nice combination of people. It's not yeah. just one side or the other like it's very much a mixture of people here involved in creating this happen so it looks exciting well hopefully we will all get to wish upon a star on <laughs> november 22nd later this year which brings us to our next trailer if you like swinging uh transformers rise of the beasts our second trailer which did uh premiere at CinemaCon. we get yeah. some more we get some more transformers action uh we get to see our first glimpse at our our big 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 bad unicron <laughs> who's being voiced by fear the walking dead's uh coleman domingo um you know the transformers franchise the big screen franchise it has had an interesting path um i i think universally that first movie is is pretty well liked the sequels some people really are into them and some people not as much mm. <laughs> um, i would say i would say the sequels are not magnifico Oh, how dare you! How dare you! Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, but, but then, but then we got Bumblebee, which came out a few years ago, yeah. which is sort of a trip back to the '80s. You know, nice, like sweet, sweet, really sweet action movie. And now we get basically, it seems like kind of a continuation of that. This one takes place in 1994, stars Anthony Ramos from Hamilton. Um, but yeah, gentlemen, like, like we'll th we'll throw it to Mikey first because we know yep. Johnny's gonna have a lot to say about this. Sure, sure. What did you think of our second look at Transformers: Rise of the Beasts? Uh, here's what I'll say: I I have no idea if this will be good or not. <laughs> There's a lot of characters in like bunch of bunch of beast wars characters bunch of autobots and then unicron coming in to eat the planet like yeah it it's you're biting off a lot and given past hasbro transformers big budget uh movie experience i am not a hundred percent sold on this story 
Although it has all the elements of things that I really like. I mean, I'm a Transformers kid from the 80s. I love Unicron. So him coming in uh, was very exciting. But here's what I will say. I can tell what's going on. <laughs> and that, compared to most Transformers movies, is already a big plus in its favor. Like, I will go see this movie in the movie theater. Uh, I didn't see the last couple big Transformers, the Michael Bay Transformers movies. I did see Bumblebee. I thought Bumblebee was delightful. I saw it with Johnny. Yes. Uh, had a blast. I thought that was great. And so if this gets a little bit more of Bumblebee, that's great. We'll see about story. But at the end of the day, I again, I'm an 80s kid. I love RC. I can tell who she is. I can tell who Optimus Prime is. I can tell the different animals apart. Like there are different color palettes for Transformers. Mm -hmm. They look fun and appealing. Like they look like they actually have personalities. So this is already miles above what Michael Bay did with most of the Transformers movies. And I'm very into it. So if uh, I would say this one is not uh, super, super excited, but definitely interested to see what they do and happy that the transformers of my childhood actually look like the transformers of my childhood on the big screen. Yeah. It's an interesting, no. sorry, Shannon, go ahead. Were you going to say something? No, I was going to say with, with, with that time, I believe the outlaw has his six shooters loaded. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny <laughs> response. I mean, you don't need me to defend those films. They made four and a half billion dollars. That speaks volumes right there. But listen, this is the thing that I like about, this particular trailer. First of all, Stephen Capel Jr., that is a hell of a task you're taking on, walking into a franchise. Look, he did it with Creed 2, and I thought he did a damn good movie. Now, is it as good as Creed? No, but it was a damn good movie. So, okay, what can you do here? And the first initial shots that we got uh, the, the, a few weeks ago, the teaser or whatever, it was great. It was fun. It was fun. Okay, RC, this is great. Now what more can you show me? And what we got here for Unicron was incredible. Yes, it had shades of what uh, Michael Bay did in the last night so are we connecting that unicron to this unicron is that what's going on because remember he's still ep on this it's set in the 1990s so it's between bumblebee and the michael bay movies in terms of chronological in that universe so it makes sense that their design would be different than the michael bay one it's cleaner it's more smoother it's more uh, con connected to the g1 look so the word you're looking for is nicer well, if you say so, that's all opinion. But yeah, the <laughs> thing here. But Michael's absolutely right, and it's something I texted on our chain as well. You can see what's happening. The fights, you know who's fighting who. I think they did a nice job on the design of the Maximals. They look incredible. Seeing Rhinox, right? Uh, seeing R RC riding on Rhinox and going into this battle and war against these scorpion type things. They're now called Terracons instead of Predacons. All of that looks so fun. But we're not getting more of the story. And I think that's the only thing I have about this trailer that I didn't like is that we're still not getting more of the Anthony Ramos story, the Dominique Fishback story. Her saying, you know, we got to save the planet. we got to do this. What's that all about? It was cool to see the Twin Towers, you know, set in the 90s. So how does New York going to play into all of this? And hearing that the Maximals have just been chilling out on Earth for quite some time. But this is something they didn't expect. Um, and I do like the voice. Like Pete Davidson is a nice choice. We've got... Peter Dinklage coming in as one of the voices. Michelle Yao, uh, great to see her doing the voice there of Aerox, I think is what it is. And then, and then, um, uh, who else? Oh, there's someone else that jumped in on voice wise that I like as well. So I can't think of it right now, but I just really enjoyed all of that we got here. So I hope it's a good movie because I think I people enjoy Bumblebee and they want, and this feels like it's a mixture of Bumblebee and the Michael Bay movies and the right elements of both coming into here to see here. So I enjoyed that.
is what else. Unicron's Unicron's a tough one. A giant planet eater is a mm. tough uh, is a tough third act to sort of uh, yeah figure out what you're gonna do with. So I'm curious to see what they're gonna do. I'm sad, I'm sad it won't be Orson Welles, who will always <laughs> who will always be my Unicron. Damn, final yeah, Orson Welles final performance, the planet eater Unicron. <laughs> I was in well, we will all we end. will all find out how it is on June 9th. Uh, one week before it potentially gets run over by the Flash. And our last trailer, which is a quick, quick teaser, but it is for season three of Warriors. So this show started on Cinemax. It is uh, essentially what uh, Bruce Lee had kind of envisioned way back when with Kung Fu. But this is such a fantastic series. And it looked like when... um, when HBO Max came out, it looked like it it was probably not going to make it. Like, it, it did two seasons, two fantastic seasons. They yeah. shoot in South Africa. Like, the, the production design, to me, is just next level. The fight choreography, the storytelling, um, an introduction to some really, really fantastic actors. And then we found out it's getting a third season. Then everything went quiet. And then during the WB Discovery merger, when shows started to fall left and right, left and right, in my head, I thought for sure, I'm like, Warrior's not going to make it. It's not, it's, it's, it might find a home someplace, but it's not going to be on HBO Max. And technically it was correct. It's going to be on Max starting June 29th. We get a quick 30 second teaser. Uh, It's a lot of quick cuts. Um, Maybe the footage is from season three. Not really sure. But uh, Vogel was the one who turned me on to this show. So we'll we'll uh, we'll listen to what he says first. Mikey, what do you think of that first 30 seconds of Warrior season three? I mean, uh, it was 30 seconds, but the, the trailer was not a lot to talk about, but. I do think, much to your point, uh, I'm really happy we're getting a season three. You know, this is definitely, I know a lot of you guys listening to us, like, you know, we all keep up on the Marvel shows. We keep up on Star Wars. You you watch your your Star Trek shows on Paramount. If you've not gone and checked out Warrior, high, high recommendation. It is an awesome show. It's a ton of fun. It's really, really cool. Uh, Just kind of took me by surprise what a great show it was. Uh, which is why I like texted Shannon and everybody and was like, Hey, are you watching warrior? I want to talk to people about it. So I think we'll definitely be, uh, if not covering every episode, we'll definitely be talking season three a little bit. So, uh, definitely go check it out. It's, it's a ton of fun and, uh, I'm very happy we're getting a season three. Yeah. I pitched these guys cause I'm, I've never seen it. So I pitched these guys on me watching the first two seasons and then maybe having a conversation to prep people for season three kind of review conversation about what you need to know about it. But so we may do a video on that and then review season three, like half season. And then at the end of the season and see our thoughts on season three. So I'm down because I mean, I ripped through succession and Shannon was right on that. So if uh, Shannon and Michael are right on warrior, then I'm, I'm looking forward to jump and Wendy Lee, my former co-host on the John and Wendy show. She's been on me for months to watch that show. So, because she knows I'm a huge Bruce Lee fan. She's like, can't understand why I haven't watched it. So I'm going to jump into it and knock it out. Just 20 hours. You know, you got to kind of figure that out it and, is, and put it together. It's but. some it's some badass fight scenes and some mm. sexy men's. Oh, oh, well, then you just sold me sexy men's. Sexy men's. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we leave trailers, Shannon, we should talk. And Michael, we should talk about Hunger Games, the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes that also uh, came out. A three-minute trailer here. With uh, Rachel Zegler uh, leading the way here, we also got Tom Blythe, Peter Dinklage, Hunter Schaefer, Josh Andres Rivera, Jason Schwartzman, and 
Viola Davis, and that's Magnifico right there. Her looking, her look for this uh, trailer here, and it's directed by Francis Lawrence. Uh, again, I go to you, Michael. First, what did you think about this? Essentially, a prequel um, uh, story being told here in this trailer. Well, it's in you know, Hunger Games is definitely one of those things. Like I was, I was one. Like I, that book came out, and I was obsessed. And the second yeah, yeah. book came out, and I was super into it. And the third book came out, and I was like, it was good. And then the movies kind of followed the same kind of pattern. Like that first movie came out. It was really big. People were into it. The second movie came out. I think it was really solid. I think by the third book, which they split up into two movies, there was a little bit of like, all right, cool. Like, I don't think, you know, I don't think that there was a driving need to uh, see more in the Hunger Games universe. That being said, and we talk about this all the time, every studio right now is looking at the IP that they have. And they're saying, well, what can we do with it? And Hunger Games is IP. And so this idea of doing a prequel and going back to the very beginning of how did the Hunger Games become what they are by the time we get to the first book, uh, and also how does Snow become who he is, the Donald Sutherland character. And so when I saw the trailer come out, I was kind of like, I don't know, do I really care? But I will say that after you watch that trailer – it you know there there is a magic to what the hunger games is at the mm. at the base level it's let's take a bunch of kids and throw them into a giant death trap and see who's going to kill each other mm-hmm. like it's a bare, it's a very basic concept at the beginning and so kind of going to this and saying well how did that all really get going why did it get going how did donald Sutherland's character get in there and then casting it with fucking a plus stars i got to the end of the trailer and i was like you know I'll go see this. Like, I'm in. So they successfully did what I think they want to do, which is for everybody that is maybe not so interested in the Hunger Games universe anymore, which I think is a lot of us, uh, let's see if we can hook you in and see if we can get you in for one more. And if we can get you in for one more, maybe we have the road to continue to do more of these uh, and continue to pump them out. So we'll see if it works, but I think they're doing... If I was sitting in a boardroom and was seeing, like, let's see if we can revive the Hunger Games franchise, everything that I saw in this trailer feels like they're making the right choices. Okay. Yeah. That's all your parents want you to do, make right choices. Shannon, your thoughts on this uh, uh, trailer here, uh, this three-minute trailer for this prequel Hunger Games series? So as a franchise, you know, I saw the first two. Um, mm. I don't think I saw the last two. Um, it's it's not a world I'm interested in, but that doesn't mean it's a world without value. I mean, you know, those mm. movies did incredibly well. Um, they're even, I think, in Vegas, when I was in Vegas last year, I think I was staying at the MGM Grand. They have like a Hunger Games installation mm. type thing. So anytime there is sort of like a dedicated... They actually kill people, which is the good thing. You go to Vegas, you do the installation, you don't make it out. Well, only only half of us made it out. Uh, <laughs> but it's it, it. again, it's one of those properties that I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. But the thing that it has always done, and uh, uh, not necessarily an indicator of quality, it has attracted some A-list talents. Um, yeah. You know, in the past, you know, Woody Harrelson, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Elizabeth, uh, Elizabeth Banks, um, if this new one, Violet, I mean, you don't get much better than Viola Davis and, and Peter Dinklage. Yeah. Um, Jason Schwartzman playing a, playing a uh, descendant or, or, excuse me, an ancestor of Stanley Tucci's character. Um, you know, it, it, it's, it, it seems like it's a pretty rich world and it's the type of movie that I would give a chance to. Mm. Um, 
and it's maybe it's the best way for me to go in with the bar not not even really placed. I wouldn't even say the bar is lowered because again, I watched the first two movies and they were fine. Yeah. Um, but it's like I don't know what's gonna happen if if it is a compelling enough story to to get me to go see the next one, then mission accomplished. Okay. And and I do yeah. think I, I do think that um the books, like I said, I feel like the books kind of suffer from the same thing. I think you get to that third book and it's kind of weighted down by a lot of stuff. It doesn't have like necessarily the fun of the first book and the, even the second book. It just feels like I, I always felt when I read the series that by the third book, it kind of lost its way a little bit. I don't know if they fully stuck the landing. And when you're adapting the books into the big screen, you're this is the story you're telling. So I kind of feel like this gives them a little bit of a opportunity it's like it's like blank slate. Like, hey, go make an awesome Hunger Games movie without any kind of preconceived. Like, we've got to hit these marks. We got to do this. Just go make a fucking great movie. And so, if they do, yeah. like, I, I'm always happy for a franchise to uh, to write the ship and uh, start making awesome stuff because it gives us more stuff to obsess about and talk about. It's true. Yeah, I thought the trailer was fine. I liked. I kind of got interested again. I, I enjoyed the first Hunger Games movie. Second game was all right, and I and like Shannon. I did not see the last two movies. I lost interest, and I think maybe Jennifer Lawrence had a little bit as well. But I, I saw this trailer, and I'm like, oh, this is interesting. And the Tom Blythe guy, this is a guy who played uh, Billy the Kid on that Star series. So certainly a next step for him to get more in the public eye and the public face as a new young actor coming up. So. Him and uh, Rachel had some nice chemistry here in this one as well. And seeing the world of Hunger Games, this is a more appealing trailer to me than the first movie's trailer, or the first Hunger Games of Jennifer Lawrence. So that speaks volumes to get me kind of like, okay, this looks cool. This could be fun. Let's see what this is all about. What is the rebellious nature of this? What is the danger they're going to be involved in? Viola Davis looking incredible with that hair. Dinklage doing his best Jamie Gum impression. So uh, to me, all around, it worked in terms of getting me interested in giving this another chance, which is really, as you said, Michael, something they want to do for the people who yeah. are maybe on the fence about coming back. So if you've accomplished that, at least people might be interested in going to see this thing. And look, Rachel's a good actress. It's just, you know, where's the hit coming? And so we're waiting for this hit. And hopefully this is one that actually gets a lot of people behind it and gets a lot of money behind it and then rachel can continue playing this character because she's great in west side story nobody went to see that she's great in shazam people pissed on shazam so it's like we we need to get rachel a good uh, a good hit here under her belt i think so that she can keep working and keep being part of these big prestige projects hoping that they they become hits as well so you know i champion that uh, all right. Anyway, uh, it is kind of I'm doing the Shannon thing. Anyway, it's coming out on November. So oh, I don't I don't have a quip. All uh, do I? Uh, well, we'll see. Ah, if you, you are no longer hungry, be hungry. If you're hungry for more entertainment, you will be able to eat really well on November seventeenth. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right. Let's take a quick break and then we'll jump into the back half of the show here and just hit a bunch of quick hits from Comic Con or CinemaCon rather. Right after this. Now through June 29th, you can earn up to four times rewards points on your favorite products throughout the store at Safeway. Shop for items like Coca-Cola products, Deer Park Natural Spring Water, Dannon Light and Fit Yogurt, Mott's Original Applesauce, Heinz Ketchup, and McCormick Spices. And earn up to four times bonus reward points to use for discounts on gas or groceries. Visit Safeway.com or download the Safeway For You app to earn your reward points today. Offer valid through June 29th. See store for more details. Do 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 do
Nice tease. Yeah, well, we'll get to that one as well. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to throw some stuff out to the guys and let's see how they react to it. So um, I'm looking at the notes. I made a bunch of notes for tonight, today's episode. Let's hit a Craven. The first. Let's hit Craven. We already de- we already talked about the uh, Flash trailer and the Flash screening and the reactions on our show on Wednesday. So if you want to hear our thoughts on that, go to that episode. We did a large chunk of conversation about the trailer and the first reactions to that film, uh, which we're all waiting and, uh, and anticipating the film. But this, is, but let's talk about Craven the Hunter. Aaron Taylor Johnson was on video. He was not there physically. He came in video, uh, shared a two-minute teaser for the film, and this is an R-rated Craven the Hunter. There's all manner of brutal attacks, apparently. He's ripping the nose off people, tearing the flesh from his enemies' faces with his teeth before spitting them out towards the camera. We also see him sporting the familiar lion pelt costume in the movie. Uh, Russell Crowe has uh, some scenes in the footage as well. Uh, And he is apparently, according to some of the reviews here, slaughtering people left and right, setting violent traps, using spears and crossbows, and sometimes running and moving around on all fours. And apparently there are F-bombs galore in all of this violence. Um, And Rhino shows up right at the end of the trailer, injecting himself with a serum, saying, don't you want to know why they call me the Rhino? And that's uh, being played by Alessandro Nivola, which uh, some of us uh, saw recently on The Many Saints of Newark. So uh, what did you guys think of hearing this? Obviously, we didn't get a chance to see it, but what do you guys think of hearing this footage and, does this worry you or get you excited? Uh, what are your thoughts here, Jeff? Well, okay. Uh, it, it, <laughs> I, I would be fascinated to be a fly on the wall of those meetings where they're kind of pillaging <laughs> the rogues gallery of Spider-Man to make these, mm-hmm. to make these, you know, kind of one-off movies. Um, I, I think the hope is probably to make more than one. Like, you know, Venom is getting a third film. Um, I don't think we're going to be getting a Morbius sequel. Um, but yeah, I'm just curious about the train. I'm, I'm just really curious about the train of thought. Um, now, there is a possibility that this movie about a Russian big game hunter who turns into a con- conservationist and yeah. then somehow that gets... <laughs> intermixed with uh, gene splitting and a guy turns into a big rhino. You know what? Look, maybe that could be a fun movie. That could be a lot of fun. And it just so happens to be uh, based off of one of uh, Spider-Man's many antagonists. I just feel like, I don't know if you're Sony. It's like, don't you want to save those characters for a good Spider-Man movie <laughs> versus rolling the dice on this kind of, you know, one-off, one-off story. Yeah. Um that being said, Aaron Taylor Johnson, that dude's a great actor. Um, you know, he's an he's an awkward inter- interviewee, um, but he is a fantastic performer. And then you, you know, you're stacking him with you know Russell Crowe, Ala, Al- Alessandra Nivola, who is again a really really terrific actor. I- I'm just more curious about the the train of thought. Now, again, the trailer could come out, and I could be like, oh my gosh, this looks amazing. But I think making an R-rated Craven movie, it's like, does does that really stoke that much interest from the fan base i don't know uh but if you're trying to make just kind of kind of a killer action movie then i guess you want noses being spit at the camera and a bunch of bombs dropping i don't know we'll see yeah what is it venom was already right michael i feel like it was sure. Um, maybe sure. it was oh no sure. it's pg-13 my bad so they're going full r for this what do you think when you hear the footage and you hear about uh how they're approaching this movie man Um, I, how do I feel? Betrayed? Bewildered? 
Um, <laughs> okay, like I was saying with Hunger Games, uh, every studio has IP. Every studio is trying to figure out what to do with their existing IP. They know that audiences want to go see things that they love on the big screen. Uh, the Hunger Games trailer was like, let's go back to the beginning. Let's tell this story. Mm. Let's link up the Snow character. Let's do the very first ever Hunger Games. And you're, and I, and like I said, I was like, oh, I think those are all good choices. Like that yeah. makes sense. They have proven over and over and over again with these movies that there's not really a plan. I mm. mean, all you got to do is look at the post credit sequence in Morbius and go, the fuck are you even doing? Like, it makes no sense. So like to Shannon's point is a movie about a big game hunter who has a change of heart and starts protecting the animals uh, in a very violent fashion, an interesting concept, hundred yeah. percent. Um, so maybe this will be, maybe this will be the one that finally like wins me over and goes, actually, that was really well done. That was cool. Like, okay, gene splicing, animal man versus animal man and animal becoming one like there's some elements in here that you're like maybe but mm -hmm. i think the bigger issue is i have zero confidence that they have any kind of bigger plan on what they're doing with these spider-man films like and again mm -hmm. we just just and not to pick on dc because i think dc is doing some really great stuff right now and i'm very excited for the flash probably more excited for the flash than i've been for a dc movie and i don't even know how long i'm excited for blue beetle Aquaman is a movie that's coming out, but like we just lived through, you know, a very long time of DC just kind of trying to put a plan together and never really having a plan. And now we're like, oh, they're finally fixing it. They're just going back and saying, let's start over. And James Gunn came out and said, hey, here's the plan. And so with yeah. Sony, with these Spider-Man movies, it's kind of the same thing. You're like, maybe one of them will be good. Maybe Craven will be the one that's a good movie. But it doesn't really add up to anything because what's the plan with these villains? Like, there's just no, yeah, they're there. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I think if you're going to kind of show that you're going to do something different, uh, as uh, I just pointed out here, Venom being PG-13, let's go full R. Let's see what we're going to do. Let's see how people react to it. Now with the bars off, maybe we can make something a little more um challenging and interesting and deeper and entertaining for the audience and certainly as shannon said aaron taylor johnson damn good actor who's really kind of growing into his power as an actor hasn't always been good on screen but you're seeing more and more good performances from him as he's getting more with these opportunities and as he's getting older as an actor still in contention for james bond which will be in real interesting if that ever gets officially announced but having him lead this franchise and having the gore and the violence be a part of this, along with um, the conservation, that's going to be an interesting line to walk, as you said, Michael. How, how is he going to find the balance between both? You know, that's uh, it's going to be uh, fascinating to see as well. But certainly they're not shirking on the violence, shirking on the fact that Craven does these kinds of things. So uh, if they nail it, I think it could be a nice surprise cool. for a lot of people that they're going in a new direction. And if they make money off this, maybe there's not a fear to go the R-rated route with these Spider-Men characters, but eventually you're going to have to introduce a Spider-Man. And if every villain is an anti-hero, yeah. how the fuck do you expect us it, to cheer for Spider-Man against these people? Well, and it's like, I mean, ultimately this is, and again, this is the bigger plan question is like, to, yeah. you're 100% right. So each one of these movies is setting these characters up to be like, you're violent and you break the law, but you're ultimately the hero of the story. Right. And so inevitably you're going to have to have this weird turn 
where they're all going, but now we're bad. Yeah. And you're like, okay, well, how's that going to work? And again, if everything was really laid out and each of these movies came out and we were like, fuck, that was really good. Fuck, that was really good. You would still have the same problem, but there would be more of a trust that will like, look, they're pumping out really great movies. I think they must have a plan here. Like there's probably, and like, like, so it doesn't mean that it's impossible to do. You can do it, but do we really think they're going to nail that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, on the Sony thing, we also got 14 minutes of Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse footage. We've seen the trailers and stuff. And so I don't know if there's much more to talk about that, much more with the mom and and, and him and Gwen uh, for sure. Ridley Scott had Napoleon and showed off an epic battle scene with Joaquin Phoenix. Um, he seemingly he's Napoleon and his forces are seemingly found out by the Russian and Austrian armies. And he turns turns the battle around. Again, another person who's seen by a lot of people as a villain, but they're going to turn him into a hero in this with Joaquin, which will be interesting. And that's out of November. We had the Ghostbusters Afterlife cast reunited. We had talked already about the Equalizer 3 trailer on our previous episode on Wednesday, so you can see that. Will Smith Martin Lawrence came out. There's a GameStop. To talk about Bad Boys 4, there's a GameStop movie uh, called Dumb Money coming out from director Craig Gillespie. We got the Insidious Red Door trailer and No Hard Feelings from Jennifer Lawrence um, uh, out there looking from a lot of people's uh, point of views, kind of disinterested in, in all of it. Let's, let's move to Paramount though. Uh, unless you guys want to say anything on that. I, well, I, I don't know if there's anything. you guys want to chime in do on we, So do we think, do we think uh, Toby, Andrew or Tom is in Spider-Verse? I think they said Tom is right. Or, or rather he said, appeared been, on one of the posters. At CinemaCon. The rumor is, but it's CinemaCon, uh, Issa Rae and Haley Steinfeld, like we're all being uh, interviewed and kind of were point blank asked and we're playing very, yeah. very coy with it. I think Haley Steinfeld said that there was lots of treats in the movie yeah. for fans, but uh, they're playing really coy with it. I think they are, but um, I'm, yeah, I'm just, as far as Spider-Verse goes, like you can't, you can't keep, you can keep on hyping it all you want. I'm just going to get more and more and more excited. Yeah. Um, I'm intrigued by what they're going to do with Ghostbusters Afterlife. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like I'm like I, I don't think that Ghostbusters Afterlife was like a home run of a movie, right. um, but I love Ghostbusters, so I I'm I'm happy for them to keep trying to nail that one as long as they want to. Yeah, I I, I would agree with Vogel. Ghostbusters Afterlife, to continue the sports analogy, that was a single that got stretched into a triple with the last five minutes. <laughs> um, and certainly a, a, after the last five minutes, like, okay, yeah, sure. Let's see what else she got. And yeah. knowing that they're bringing Walter Peck back, uh, it's kind of like, okay, yeah, sure. I'll go see it. Um, yeah. Of all the Sony movies that they talked about, Napoleon's the one that I'm the most yeah. interested in. And I know we're going to get to Universal <laughs> as well. Easy. Oh, no. Come on, Mikey. Ah, yeah. And the reason I'm excited about that, uh, I'm hoping they have a scene that's reminiscent uh, of Rudy when Napoleon is down and out thinking about quitting and all of the French army starts putting down their jerseys and people start going bone apart, bone apart. Uh, No, it's, it's, it's the return of movies that are maybe made for a more mature audience yeah now i love marvel i love dc i love star wars i love indiana jones sometimes i just want to see a movie i want to see a compelling story with some grown-ups talking and even though like i don't think air checked off all the boxes um i i did like what they what they attempted to do and if you can mix in some huge sort of gladiator level action with that 
with Napoleon. Also, I know we're going to talk about it in a second, but that's another reason I'm really looking forward to Oppenheimer yeah. is like uh, a, a big, uh, a big event movie that again is uh, maybe aiming for something a little higher. Okay. So those are the things that are really getting me excited. Fair enough. Um, yeah, Paramount, let's move to movies that are, um, you know, much more for the mature audience. Killers of the Flower Moon footage was shown here in the Paramount panel. We had DiCaprio um, and, and Martin Scorsese came out and said, this is a picture that I designed. We all designed to be seen on a big screen. This is a big screen movie. It's uh, it was announced, I think, a couple of days ago, three hours and 26 minutes or last week. Three hours and 26 Ooh. minutes is the runtime on this one. I mean, Ooh. Shannon, we sat through the Irishman and didn't take a piss. So. <laughs> I don't know about three and a half hours. We will see. I mean, I think we did some irreparable damage to our kidneys, but Probably. but we made it. <laughs> Just for Pacino going, you can't kill me. I'm Hoffa. Um, but yes, I'm DiCaprio in here, uh, Jesse Plemons. The basic story is uh, he plays Ernest Burkhardt, DiCaprio does, who allegedly murders his wife, uh, Molly, uh, Lily Gladstone. Um, and uh, it's a, she's a member of the Osage Nation. So they it's a battle about uh, who owns that land for the oil so there's a lot that's going on here as well and um this is fascinating got brendan fraser de niro uh and uh, a number of other actors here so this is going to be interesting to have him be a part of this movie we also heard that rihanna is going to play smurfette in a new smurfs movie we talked about the transformers trailer really earlier on this show apparently the 20 minute car chase scene from mission impossible dead reckoning was shown as well Krasinski teased his Quiet Place Day One and his other project he's working on called If. And then Ziggy Marley came out and announced uh, a Bob Marley biopic. So um, anything to say on this? I mean, as if Katy Perry playing Smurfette didn't confuse me a little bit with my feelings. Now we've got Rihanna, my second biggest crush in the world, playing Smurfette. So this is going to unsettle me on so many levels. But other than that, I'm excited for Scorsese and the Killers of the Flower Moon. It's going to be on Apple. I can't wait till it shows up on the Screeners app. What do you guys yeah. think about this whole thing? No, I mean, I think I think Shannon's right. I mean, I think that uh, as as he said it perfectly, like we love all of the big movies that we love right now. Like I love I I love the Marvel movies. I love the Star Wars movies. Yeah. I love I'm ex I'm super excited for Indiana Jones. I want all of those to just continue doing what they're doing and make sure they stay on track. But being able to see some of these bigger movies, these bigger movie star movies, these all tour yeah. director films. Uh, it's it's really exciting, and I think that this is what CinemaCon is for. Uh, CinemaCon is to get excited to go to the movies. So yeah. these things make me excited to be like, oh god, I love I love sitting in a dark movie theater with my cherry coke and my popcorn, and like show me the goods. And so mm -hmm. I'm uh, I'm 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 jonesing for it. I'm excited. Okay, Shannon. Yeah, uh, Killers of the Flower Moon. That would be another one that yeah. super, super excited for. Um, one of the movies that was, I don't want to say a victim, uh, but but that was affected by Warner Brothers' day and date release was Judas and the Black Messiah. Oh, yeah. And I thought that movie was so criminally underseen. Yeah. That was such a, such a good movie and a uh, really compelling performance by Jesse Plemons. So mm -hmm. anytime Jesse Plemons shows up in something, you know, coming from, you know, playing uh, Landry in Friday Night Lights to see where he is now. I mean, I just, I, I love watching that guy on screen. Smurfs, there is always going to be an audience. There's always going to be an audience of kids <laughs> who want to go see, who want to go see a Smurfs movie. And, even though a lot of times with the Mission Impossible movies, the moment I leave the theater, I'm kind of like, I don't know what the hell just happened. Uh, I, I, I am excited by a 20-minute car chase. <laughs> it, listen, man, I got to tell you, it is the weirdest thing. We, I mean, we always talk about it every time it comes up. 
I, there's no shade on the Mission Impossible movies. When I am sitting in the movie theater, I am enthralled mm-hmm. and 100% in on what mm-hmm. is happening. I walk out of that movie theater and could not tell you what the plot was at all. <laughs> don't even know. Don't, wow. don't know. Like, I will come out of a Marvel movie and talk to you for 35 minutes about every detail and how it ties into the bigger MCU. Like, I can remember these things if I need to. Mission Impossible, I'm like, he climbed He climbed something and then his face came off. Okay. All right. <laughs> that, it's it's like Men in Black and Mission Impossible are one, and that the moment you're walking out, you get hit with a neuralizer. Yeah. And it's like, what happened? Tom Cruise punch. <laughs> like, okay, great. Jesus. Like I, I Henry Cavill, Henry Cavill did his arms like guns. He loaded his muscles. That's what I remember. <laughs> oh my God, well, maybe I have to do recaps for you guys. Apparently, uh, but no, I, I'm. I, if there's one thing I'm mad I missed at CinemaCon, obviously the Flash. But the 20 minute car chase. I mean, I am so so looking forward to this movie. So to not be able to see that ahead of time is just crazy for me. But we're only we're only weeks away. It is coming out real soon, and it's kind of crazy to think about how much this got pushed as well. People yeah. waiting for this one to finally come out. So I'm excited to see that. So great for them to show the 20 minutes and yeah. Killers of the flower moon. I'm hundred percent down. Let's do it. Let's make it happen. I'm down with this thing. Uh, let's see what the Warner brothers real quick. Zaslav says he is releasing 16 films this year and wants to do 20 films as Michael mentioned earlier a year and is committed to long-term theatrical releases and is in no rush to bring movies to max their new, their new uh, um, service. That's, changing their name i think on may 23rd uh we had greta gerwig margot robbie and ryan gosling come out with barbie they also rolled out trailers for wonka which got a lot of positive reviews from the people who were there meg to the trench why the fuck is there a meg to the nun two and the color purple which is a remake of the steven spielberg film that was based on the alice walker novel we also got an early look at or they got an early look at dune part two which is apparently shot entirely on imax and then peter safran came out and shared footage from Aquaman, the Lost Kingdom, which I think Snyder described as, as this is pretty much over. Blue Beetle and The Flash. Uh, and then, of course, they screened The Flash. So uh, what do you take out of the Warner Brothers panel real quick? I know we're running out of time. we got like 15 minutes left. So thoughts real quick. Chen? I mean, who 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 knew how excited we were all going to be for a Barbie movie? <laughs> um, looks like a top-notch summer comedy um and in terms of dune 2 the only yeah. thing i can add is our is our buddy jonathan gabay on our on our text thread sent us an article from the onion to say <laughs> dune part two picks up exactly where the audiences fell asleep in dune part one you know what it was nominated for best picture you smart asses you fucking <laughs> Dune Dune is an interesting one because I think just based on the first part and I'm 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 excited to see the second part but Dune is a completely faithful 100% correct adaptation of Dune that I'm not quite sure fully works like I'm I'm like I'm like but like I but like I don't know that it doesn't work either like you Mm. watch it and you're like this is insane and amazing yeah. I watched it on an edible and I was like, I think I understand it better now. Like I was like, I was in, I, so I'm excited. I'm excited for Dune 2, but to Shannon's point, not nearly as excited as I am to go see that Barbie movie. <laughs> I'm like, like, like Dune 2 Barbie. It's like, uh... yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so I mean, in, in that respect, I think they've got a lot, you know, and I'm at, and again, 
I keep I keep honing back to this IP thing, but the yeah. Wonka trailer, it sounds like they're doing the same thing that yeah. this Hunger Hunger Games trailer is doing, and it sounds like they're doing something interesting with it. So like mm -hmm. I'm very, very intrigued by that because I think it's the same thing. Like if you can create a compelling young Willy Wonka yeah. that we are actually into, and the movie kind of has the whimsy of the Willy Wonka universe, I think you're free and clear to tell at least a couple more movies. And I know yeah. it's a musical, like I, like it's it's it, it's got a lot going for it that I think is really, really interesting. Um, Aquaman 2, man. Oh, man. I, I just, I, it just, there's, 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 and, I, and again, it's just a vibe and maybe it's partially mm. the way that we're all reacting to it. Yeah. But it just feels like the Flash, you can tell Warner Brothers is so happy they've got the Flash. Yes. And it feels like given the way they did some reshoots and stuff, the Flash is going to be that great bridge into this new DC universe that we're about to get. Blue Beetle, it just feels so fun. It feels yep. so unique. We're like, I, like, I love this. I love this character. I think it looks super cool. I'm excited to go see it. Aquaman 2, you're like, yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, but, I have a feeling, and I, I have a feeling you're going to see it in the box office. I think hmm. Aquaman 2, I don't think it's going to bomb the way that Shazam 2 did, but I think that it's going to underperform. Yes. I think Blue Beetle is going to be a very very solid hit for them and if the movie's good word of mouth they'll be like oh wow people are into blue beetle and then i think flash like we said in our show earlier this week is just going to dominate yeah i like jeff's uh, reaction to it jeff said aquaman lost jeff snyder said aquaman the lost kingdom looks like a movie that someone watched and then they picked up the phone and said siri call james gunn that's that was his reaction <laughs> to, that, to, to that footage um, but yeah, the teaser showed um, uh, a Arthur and Mara, and, and they announced that, of course, they officially confirmed that Amber Heard is coming back as Mara. They have a son. Black Manta wields the Black Trident and attacks Atlantis. Nicole Kidman is apparently returning as Atlanta. Uh, there's a new costume for Mara, and there's apparently extreme environment, locales, desert, Arctic, rainforest, and more. Yeah, I think this was going to, uh, people know that this is going to die, and it's underperforming, and no one's going to go see it. It's not going to be anywhere near the levels that uh, um, that we got with Aquaman before, because people know it's kind of a lame duck film. So yeah, it's a shame. And the fact that more people aren't talking about the footage lets me know that it's yeah. there's no interest. That's in kind of what I mean. Is like you can yeah. it's it's sort of across the board. Like we mm. talk about this all week. I know our excitement level. Poor Shannon down there right now is like, I'd like to be excited for Aquaman. He's my favorite character, but right. you guys aren't wrong. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, can, I can dig it. All right, let's move on to Universal and wrap up our conversation here. Fast X was presented with Vin Diesel apparently going off script for like minutes and minutes and minutes holding court because Vin thinks he's untouchable. Uh, we see Michelle we see Michelle Rodriguez uh, fighting again with Charlize Theron. We've seen that footage in the trailers as well, but they're fighting over uh, some – they're throwing each other around until they find a huge triple laser beam device and try to use it on each other. What the fuck sure. is going on? Sure. John Cena returning as Jacob Toretto, um, and he's asked to protect uh, his son Brian by Dom. So they get all there's rocket cannons attached to a sports car. At this point, it's no longer Fast and the Furious, right? It's just a fucking superhero franchise. Um, Oppenheimer footage is shown. Apparently, there was a lot of footage shown here from Oppenheimer. We see all the big actors in the film debating about the ethics of creating the, the atomic bomb. There's testing and political table meetings that are in black and white. 
and there's a a, a, a um, uh, Moppenheimer's motivation is stressed here that is to beat the Nazis and create the ultimate weapon. But at what cost? We also had footage from Migration, which is the new Illumination animated uh, feature coming out uh, with um, Aquafina, Danny DeVito, Kumail Nanjiani, Elizabeth Banks, and Keegan-Michael Key. The Exorcist Believer footage was shown. This is from Universal and Blumhouse with David Gordon Green, who, of course, did the Halloween uh, franchise. You can feel how you feel about that. Uh, but this is him taking over the Exorcist stuff. And we're getting Leslie Odom Jr. in here, who plays a father whose daughter and her best friend go missing for three days in the woods and apparently get possessed. Ellen Burstyn is coming back. That's right. Reagan's mom from the original movie is coming back as her character in here, who Leslie Odom reaches out to for help. We got some Kung Fu Panda 4 stuff in news here with Jack Black discussing it, what's happening with him in this movie and Poe's next journey in this movie to be the next dragon warrior here. Uh, the Fall Guy there was uh, presented by David Leach, who, of course, you guys know from the um, John Wick series. Uh, Ryan Gosling playing the Lee Majors character. That's right. For those of you who don't remember the 1981 series, the Lee Majors character, the Fall Guy, he is in this as Colt Stevens. Emily Blunt is his ex-girlfriend who hires him to be a stuntman on this film. Aaron Taylor Johnson playing the action guy that he is stunt doubling for, and apparently he's a jerk. We also have Winston Duke in the film as well. Then we got stuff for Wicked presented by John M. Chu. Apparently there was much more in the footage that was uh, the sizzle reel that was shown here. We see the humongous scale, the immersive practical sets, the costumes, and the vibes of the Wizard of Oz that are in through all of us. And apparently some more clips from them doing Defying Gravity and what that whole piece is going to look like in the movie. And Will Ferrell showed up with a puppy to promote Strays. So, Michael, your thoughts on all this stuff here uh, at Universal Pictures presentation. Uh, I'm going to tell you, of all the footage that was shown that we could have seen, the thing that I want to see the most is this Vin Diesel speech. (laughs) (laughs) Right? It should be a YouTube video. Because from from multiple accounts, it it started wild and just got wilder and got real (laughs) uncomfortable. Like, he just, he just went off like what did the one review say? It said said his speech went right, then left, then north, and then really just went south. <laughs> like it just he was all over the place. And I there's something that I find very entertaining about watching Vin Diesel in the real world, knowing what he's thinking he's doing, and then knowing and seeing what he's actually doing. And I'm like, I just find it very entertaining. So that's that's my big wish is like I want to okay. see this Vin Diesel speech. But um, beyond can I, that, can I yeah. show something real quick? I love this yeah. uh, real quick. Uh, the opening monologue of the Vin Diesel speech right here. Uh, <laughs> which looks awesome. And then someone posted Skip's thoughts on the speech, which I think is hilarious. Missed. 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 Anyway, yeah, ahead, I, 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 I want it. I want yeah. that speech. Yeah, yeah. But um, no, Oppenheimer. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big Nolan fan. I even like Tenet. Like I, I think Tenet is not a movie that is accessible to most people, but I find it really interesting. I think Nolan's great. So Oppenheimer has me really excited. But yeah, for me, obviously, the big, big thing here, um, because Fast and Furious movies do not do it for me, is really, <laughs> is really wicked. I think that uh. Yeah. Wicked, you know, we talk about this a lot. Um, we've talked about it with West Side Story. We've talked about it within the Heights. Like, uh, you know, in recent memory, a lot of the big movie musicals that have come out um, haven't performed at the box office. Yeah. And musicals are really hit and miss. The audiences don't uh, necessarily always come out. But for Wicked, 
Yeah. Wicked's Wicked special. It's a story that everybody kind of knows. Uh, we all know Wizard of Oz. We all understand that Wicked is Wizard of Oz from the witch's perspective. Yeah. Uh, we all know who Glinda the Good Witch is. And just the songs of Wicked have become such a huge part of not just musical theater, but like just pop culture in general. And so right. I think that uh, that this this could be a this could be a monster if they get it right. And it's really, you know, like 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 everything that everyone's saying from the footage, footage looks great. That's yeah. not surprising. John Chu doesn't make a bad looking movie. Yeah. John Chu knows how to make a real, real pretty movie. And John Chu knows how to make a musical. So I think he's the right guy to do this. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm 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 cautiously optimistic for Wicked. Okay. Uh, Shannon, your thoughts on this uh, panel here? I mean, Oppenheimer is is the one that, that I've already spoken about. It's also the one that kind of makes me the most nervous because yeah. despite um, Tenet not being the most accessible of movies, I feel like uh, Nolan's most inaccessible movie for me was Dunkirk. Um, because yeah. you had yeah. these three stories that didn't really connect. Yeah, I agree. With and that. there wasn't really. It's like we, we know what we knew what the event that uh, the the event that happened that the that the three stories surrounded by, but it just didn't quite hook us emotionally. So right. in terms of his filmography, I mean, I think Dunkirk is the most similar to Oppenheimer in that you are dealing with with you know uh, uh, true events mm -hmm. um, because it is about this one guy. My hope is that there will be sort of a clearer through line, mm -hmm. and Killian Murphy getting to finally be a lead of a Nolan movie. Like he's kind of been Nolan's good luck charm for a long yeah, time. Yeah, him finally getting to take center stage is really exciting. And you look at this tremendous cast that's going to be surrounding him, and also our good buddy Mike Baker is popping up yes. in Oppenheimer yes. as well. Yes. So that's something I'm very excited. The other one that really has me excited, which is not Fast X, um, it's the Fall Guy. <laughs> I mean, I like I, I think the idea if they can nail it. Now, that's yeah, the yeah, thing. Yeah. Like David Leach, um, I, I feel like he's a little hit and miss. Like Bullet Train okay. was not quite it's not quite as good as it should have been. Like mm -hmm. there there is a way to tighten that movie up to make it a little more snappy. Drew Pierce writing the script. Uh, you know, Ryan Gosling, who worked with Shane Black, Drew Pierce, who worked with Shane Black. If they can find that kind of happy medium, the idea of sort of a comedic drive where Ryan Gosling is having to go in and, you know, kind of save the day with these larger than life personalities who are trying to make a movie. <laughs> I think there's potentially a really, really uh, funny and exciting movie there but we'll see yeah. if they're we'll see if they're able to pull it off wicked again that's a that's a, the fact that they're splitting it up into two chapters mm -hmm. tells us that they do acknowledge that this is a big story we want to do it right and maybe the way yeah. to do it right is to make it into two two different it, movies it's a well, it, no I, go ahead I've had, I've had this discussion with so many people it's a it's a it's one of the challenges of making a musical yeah into a feature which is a musical builds towards your act one finale Mm -hmm. And your act one finale is usually a big banger and you're watching a movie and you get to the middle of your movie and you have this like epic explosive song. And then you're like, okay, now let's continue. Oh, oh my God. We're only halfway through. Like, holy shit. <laughs> uh, you know, it's like, it's like you watch if when you watch into the woods, the feature yeah. and you get yeah. to the middle of the movie and they're all happily ever after. And you go, you're getting up to leave and you're like, no, oh no, no. Okay. No, there's more. <laughs> So I, I think um, I think ending a ending the first movie, which I'm assuming I think yeah. you're end the first movie with Defying Gravity, that's good. Wicked second act, although it's very very good, 
doesn't have quite the song power of the first act. So I'm yeah. curious to see how the second movie's gonna play. Are they gonna add any songs? Like, is there, well, like, what's the set? Like, how do you really, cause I, I think that the first movie is going to be a banger. Yeah. And although, again, the second, the, the songs in the second act of Wicked are no slouches, but popular, uh, what is this feeling? The Wizard and I, Defying Gravity, all in the first part. So it's gonna be interesting to see how it all plays out. But I do think ultimately it's a good, it's a smart move on their part. Yeah. Uh, Shannon, I know you got to go. Do you want to jump off now or can you wait the two minutes before we wrap up as we wrap up? I can, I can wait for, for you guys, for our, for our amazing audience. Of course. Wow. I just what a mensch. What a mensch. What a mensch. 90 um, seconds now though. Okay. Okay. Fair point. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I also want to see this speech, Mike. I'm excited to see this speech at this point. Fast X, as I said, is just out there bonkers. You got to accept it for God's sakes. The Oppenheimer stuff, I'm with Shannon. I'm excited, but also worried because I did not like Tenet. Apparently, Citadel that's out today on Prime Video is essentially a 10-episode Tenet series, which is crazy to think about. You want to do this again? So I was not a fan of Tenet. So will this hit the mark? And I'm a big history guy. I'm a big guy about World War II. So to me, there's a lot here that I want to work, and I hope it does work, but I'm scared it won't work. The Exorcist stuff, I got a bad feeling about that. And I do love Leslie Odom Jr., but I got a bad feeling about that. Kung Fu Panda 4, sure. I hope we can make it work. Let's bring Shrek back again, for God's sakes. Um, the Fall Guy stuff, I agree with you. This is going to be a way darker approach to the Fall Guy than anything Lee Majors had in his show. So I want to see how they make this work. And if it's a commentary on stunt work and a commentary that maybe pushes forward even farther, the idea that there should be Oscars for stunt work. So I wonder if this will inadvertently or on purpose bring this conversation right to the front and then more people will be like, yes, let's make this happen. And they make it happen once and for all. Wicked, I have not seen the musical. So to me, I'm incredibly excited to see what we're going to get. Maybe like Hamilton, they'll release a stage version of this somewhere that people can watch and then get them excited to see what the movie version is going to be. So that th those are those things that stick out to me from this that I'm that gets me very very excited to see more. How At the end of the day, it just feels like musical. we're going to get spectacle all across the board from all of these studios in a lot of their stuff, and that's exciting. So yeah, yeah. what's that, Michael? You said something. I just can't believe you haven't seen the musical. I've, I've seen Come From Away. I actually watched that again the other day on Apple TV. That's a damn good musical, man. Come From Away is great. Thanks for taking me to that. All right. Anyway, let's wrap it up. Thanks, everybody, for watching this surprise episode of The Geek Buddies. Hopefully you enjoyed it and you had a great time with it. Shannon, what do we have to tell them? Yeah, if you'd like to follow us on social media, on Twitter, it's at geek underscore buddies. On Instagram, at the underscore geek underscore buddies. If you'd like to follow me on social media, on Twitter, it's at Shannon underscore McClung. On Instagram, at Shannon the Geek Buddy. If you'd like to follow Mr. Vogel, it is at MKToon. If you would like to follow Mr. Roca, it is at The Roca Says. Mikey? Uh, listen, if you love movies... This is the place for you because we certainly love movies here and we're excited that movies are still going strong. And here's what you can do to help us continue to talk about all the great movies that are coming out. Uh, hit the like button below, subscribe to Johnny's Outlaw Nation page, leave your comments below. Out of all these things, what are you most excited about? What are you least excited about? And what are you like, what the hell are they even thinking? Let us know in the comments below. If you are listening to us on a podcast, leave us some stars and leave us some comments. Helps us go up in the rankings so more people can find us. And as always, the best thing that you guys can do is retweet this video, post it on your 
social, send it to your friends, and tell them to hang out with your buddies, the Geek Buddies. Uh, there you go. And just real quick, uh, shout out to Heroes and Villains uh, for sending this along. Appreciate it. Going to do an unboxing of it on Instagram and on my Twitter. You'll see that for the Star Wars stuff. But also, we are going to have some uh, news coming up soon for the Geek Buddies. I think you guys are going to be excited about as well. And we'll announce it as soon as everything is settled and we can uh, let you know about it. But look out for it very, very soon. All right, y'all take care of yourselves. Be well. Have a great weekend. And we'll talk to you next time with another brand new episode of The Geek Buddies! <gasps> hey! Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.